I told you. Didn't I tell you? I told you when I started this podcast that we were going to have awesome guests. That I was going to get the entrepreneur of the year on the podcast. And we were going to do a lot of epic, epic talks. And this one is one that I'm super proud of. I want to thank Martin Willig a thousand times from the bottom of my heart for taking the time out of his very busy schedule to do this episode. We talk about his, his Entrepreneur of the Year Award. We talk about co-founding Taxify. We talk about his relationship with his brother, who's also his co-founder. And it was really, really interesting to hear that from him. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Um, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or, or uh, Anchor or on YouTube if, if that's where you see this. But um, yeah, thank you so much. As always, this is brought to you in part by Taxify. Make sure if you're, uh, if you're the kind of person that wants a super cheap way to get around that you check out Taxify uh, because it's super cheap and really quick and I'm never late to anything now. It's saved me on more than one occasion. And make sure you check out modash.io, which is our new name, and uh, you'll hear a lot more about that in the next week. But thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Let's jump right into it. Number of chat. Uh, okay. okay. So how do we start? You start like this. You ready? Yes. It's exciting. Sure. It's an exciting moment. Okay. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number three of the weekly startup. Here we have Martin Villig, the king of Taxify himself. Hello. Co-founder of Taxify. Co-founder of Garage Forty Eight. Co-founder of everything. Uh, startup Leaders Club as well in Estonia. Yeah, Startup Leaders Club. You just won Entrepreneur of the Year. Yeah, thanks. It was <laughs> great recognition, so yeah, yeah. Quite, uh, quite a surprise. We'll see, now we go to Monaco, which is the global event in June, so we'll okay. meet all the national uh, entrepreneurs of the year, so I, I, okay. I have heard it's it's pretty interesting event. So how does the process work? It's like uh, you have country-based entrepreneur of the year, and then you yes, go like, yes. to the next They one. have about, I understand it's about 60 countries, so about uh, okay. people coming. And they had very, very thorough process. They started in autumn, then they did uh, profiles of all the companies, and then they did videos, uh, quite long videos of all the teams, and then uh, then they had the jury doing a few rounds of whatever, top 10 and top 5, and then, then the winner, and so... The, the organization work is quite huge behind it, so I think yeah. they put a lot of effort in it. Cool. And you actually won it with your brother. It's like a co Yes, so it's, somehow we, we were nominated yeah, as co-founders. You were both so good that they pick one. Well, I don't know exactly, but <laughs> yeah, they asked us if we want to join, and we said that, yeah, why not? And then yeah, then we jumped into it. Very cool. So where what is this place? What, what is Taxify? So, uh, For those of you who live under a rock. <laughs> so Taxify is a ride-hailing uh, platform now operating in 40 cities and uh, 23 countries. We started out from Tallinn and now we call our home market Europe and Africa. And then we have also some 
some other territories like Australia or Mexico where we also operate. So, very cool. Yeah. Nice. How many employees do you guys have at now? You recently had a milestone of employees, I think. I think we're getting five hundred soon, so with mm. four hundred seventy something three probably <laughs> some, <laughs> something like that. Very I cool. think this week we had eight <clears throat> new people joining, so mm. it's uh, it's yeah. Your recruitment culture at Taxify is really strong. I came to an event here once that was about recruitment, and yeah. your recruitment team is very passionate about what they do. Yeah, they uh, they work actively, and yeah, as we have so many countries, then they have like I think if you look at the job board, then probably like fifty openings or something. So it's also quite uh, multitasking how to handle all of these uh, positions. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Yes, almost as much work as founding Taxify. Um. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, if you just do uh, do it day by day, then you maybe don't see yeah. look back so often. But yeah, this mm. entrepreneurship award also uh, gave us maybe a good point to see that. Yeah, to reflect back on. Yes, see what's done and maybe yeah, give some praise to our team and and uh, drivers and uh, riders. So yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, it's maybe a great milestone. So and yeah, yeah, that's very cool. It must be like kind of a. I don't know, an interesting reflection moment to look back on where you came. Yeah, yeah, so uh, so yeah, it's now four and a half years, so it's, we're still quite quite a young company. Yeah. So but actually the growth have been last just even less than two years. Before that it was was like a slower growth, so this yeah. rocket growth maybe is yeah, less than two years. But for a ride-hailing app, like for the others in the market, you guys had significantly less funding. Yes. As far as so your growth maybe is a little bit more sustainable or yeah that that as well and uh, <coughs> and yeah we have raised uh, probably like few hundred times less funding than yeah. the top guys in the industry and and if we look at the scale we are today then by that time that uh, mm. the leaders were in that scale they also were were raising like thirty two hundred times more funding so uh, so yeah mm. I think we we have been. One thing is that we have entered markets that have been already established, so that takes also less funding, but otherwise also the whole company has been built up really the Estonian way or, or that's also really cost-efficient way. The lean way. Yes, the lean way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, our engineering team and, and all the functions basically are much more, uh, probably again, like 10 times smaller at least than the others. So, so yeah. So we, you're efficient. Yeah, Estonians we, are we, efficient people. We try to be, yeah. We uh, we have been taught that don't waste money, so we have that, uh, whatever. Even if we go to business trips, we, I don't know, share rooms or yeah. apartments, we don't take, whatever, mm. one for each. So no that taxify branded yacht or anything no, like that? Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. If I want to buy a car, I buy it on my own yeah. for the <laughs> company. So, yeah, yeah, I think it comes down to the overall mindset of being uh, being lean and efficient. Yeah, nice. How did the... You said you're only four years old. I know that uh, for you, entrepreneurship, or at least uh, being involved in really startup and kind of technical startup scene has been a part of your past for a long time now all yeah. the way back like uh, you were a skyper back in the day yeah i actually even founded my first company even before the university in high school i wow. was dj doing events all that kind of stuff nice. and then i did the first web company what's your dj name 
DJ Valdek. That's Valdek. my Twitter name as well. Nice. So very cool. But most people don't know that anymore. So yeah. Uh, but uh, I think in high school, even some teachers didn't know my real name. They know that I was Valdek, Valdek because everyone was calling me like that. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, I think the first company we did during university, and we did the first exit in two years. So it was wow. acquired by the only listed IT company in the Baltics. So mm-hmm. so it was '99, just before the the previous internet bubble. Do you know how old I was in 99? No. One year old. Okay. So, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, we, we grew that company also to Latvia, Lithuania and, and had 75 people. But uh, as it was still wow. the core business was the computer manufacturing and they started financing. This was very mismanaged and then the company in the end went bankrupt. So that the turnaround to internet company uh-huh. didn't... Well. didn't work so well so in 2001 the whole company went bankrupt but for us the experience was really good so being on the second yeah. course of university being the director of the listed company was uh, was quite uh, quite mm. a good so yeah in the end we didn't make much money but uh, but we you made ton of experience yeah 75 so, employees that's a significant amount for a second year university student yeah, yeah. so yeah. it was uh, was quite uh, quite nice and then i worked four years in Dallin stock exchange and then okay. went to skype for two years and then yeah, tried to hire people to the software development teams mm-hmm. in different locations mm-hmm. and uh, we also established the office in prague so that uh, because just in estonia wasn't able to hire that fast so now okay. prague office is quite big for the whole microsoft and skype yeah. And then, yeah, but in two years it already got too big for me, so I wanted to jump back into the more smaller companies and then went okay. for my own next startup project. So And what was that? It's uh, CSA Partners, which is okay. uh, an insider uh, information management system. So it's like accounting system, but very specific uh, compliance Mm-hmm. segment for again listed companies yeah so yeah we got quite a good market share in estonia i think even till day i think 80 percent of Tallinn uh, stock exchange listed companies use our software yeah so but yeah that one didn't go too big because other co-founders didn't want to quit their jobs and fully commit uh, okay. so after a year i also uh, Took it to some growth, but then the company has been basically standby about ten years. Okay. And now, yeah, have then I took different other ventures until then. Yeah. Mm. Did one? Uh, I tried to put Skype into the TV set. I I seen something about this. Yeah. So yeah, that. But Skype wasn't very uh, cooperative, and they didn't give us proper licenses. And in the uh, end, they did uh, the same deals directly with Samsung, Panasonic, and the big guys. So really we didn't okay. have too much business left. So that yeah. company went bankrupt. And then uh, two years, I did e-commerce project for mm-hmm. Russia. But there, uh, I wasn't the founder. But the founders had a big fight, and the company went again bankrupt. Okay. So and then uh, after that, I did some local stuff and then joined Fortumo which is the mobile payments company and helped them to get some bigger clients and then also uh, established their Indian office so that which is still like doing fine and then during that time I we started Taxify in parallel and mm-hmm. and that some what four years ago I joined Taxify then okay what I I had no idea that I knew that all of these projects exist I had no idea that you had three bankruptcies in your past yes what does that say about like uh, entrepreneurial failure or what have you kind of what was it like in the moments where you kind of build something and you work really hard and you come together with people and then suddenly it's like shit this thing is gonna die 
Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it really depends. The situations were different. So in, in some points, the team understood that, yeah, the business case was just fading away because Skype was doing similar stuff. So we just saw that there wasn't much uh, opportunity left. So the okay. whole team basically understood and then we... We took almost anonymous decision that we try, and we ended the initial seed funding. Got uh, finished. We tried to raise more money. The business case was not strong, so so everyone basically understood that okay, it's probably not the uh, the opportunity, so that we should do something else. But the other one where we actually as team were building uh, uh, the product and the business case was really good, but just uh, founders actually had so different mindsets that they went into the fight so there we were yeah. quite sad because we lost about two years of our life and then uh, just they had so big fight that they actually went into the court and some guys stole money and so wow. it was just uh, quite uh, let's say a clash between the Russian mindset and maybe the western one so one founder was from Moscow and the other from London and then they it That's was a just a good to know, uh, yeah, maybe that uh, how to choose the founders and opportunities, so that you need to really trust and be on the same page. If you, yeah. if you really have so different cultural backgrounds, then that could cause, especially when the business grows, it could cause a, a lot of, let's say, damage or fight. So yeah. that yeah. was there ever like a really kind of a difficult point for you personally, where it was like damn, the startup thing is clearly like, I got to get out of this game, I got to go back to... Uh, maybe a little bit it was, yeah, because the next uh, for two more, oh, I also joined as a, as a team member, so I wasn't the founder myself. So, so yeah, in some of the projects I have been more in founder role and in some I have been more like invited to help. Mm -hmm. So it has been mixed uh, all the times, like founder versus trying to help someone so yeah so so yeah but yeah in the end I have always been dreaming to build a big company on my own as well mm -hmm. so then yeah when I saw that Taxify took off nicely then I decided that yeah mm -hmm. it's time to fully focus on that and then try to put all my resources so it's actually first time I'm only focusing on one project so I dropped yeah. all the all the other things in Garage 48 and then the other activities so Previously, I always were doing two, three things in parallel. So some business and some voluntary things, community yeah. things. But now this last uh, three, four years, I have been only focusing on one thing. So okay. try, that was maybe one of the bigger decisions for myself as well. So that I, I mm -hmm. drop all the other things. So then when Taxify kind of came about, uh, you, there's something miraculous about what you've done with Taxify in that you founded it with your brother. And to me, that's like no way this could happen in my family, so... <laughs> Why not? Uh, I'm just not sure that the compatibility is there, so I'm just wondering, like, what's the dynamic like between you two, and how did... how Was it easy and kind of natural for you guys to come together and work on a project, or was there some, like, level of uh, tension when you come together, or...? No, I think it has been rather <laughs> natural, because before that, Marcus tried to do another project, M School, which was just okay. a mobile app for schools, and then we went to meet different school directors, but we just saw that uh, the sector was very difficult, because it's also competitive, but it's also government-funded, so you... and then limited funds as well, and then the procurement processes are extremely slow, so we just saw that uh, maybe that's not the best or okay. it's you can't control your business growth so fast yeah and then when the other idea came along then yeah marcus was 
quite interesting from the start and mm. and I was still working at Fortuma. Uh, so yeah. so that's why Marcus took the lead and, and I was supporting him as much as possible. Uh, like advisory or helping with my experience contacts but uh, but yeah initially the first one year I wasn't there full time so okay and then yeah that's when when it took off and then we already managed to get initial funding and then first employees then I also mm -hmm. decided to join but yeah I think overall initially maybe my experience have helped a lot but I think now it has been the other way so that Marcus have been learning really fast and he has taken the lead and maybe I'm more uh, now co-pilot uh, yeah co-pilot or uh, or maybe more conservative as well trying mm. to maybe uh, being sensible or reasonable so that okay. we don't uh, Marcus has really like uh, uh, powerful visions and mm. he wants to do many things but uh, I, I maybe try to balance it a bit and now it's so that Marcus is focusing on growth and I'm focusing on the supportive services like uh, finance and uh, and HR and, and legal and regulatory and the other parts. So we have divided it in a way that he he runs in front and I try to keep the home uh, organized and the back office working. So it's yeah. currently that's the that's the split. Okay. Huh. So there's never been like a, a point where you're like, I'm disowning you as a brother or anything like that. No, not not that far. Yeah, that's so a feat in its own right. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, I think it's uh, yeah. I I really admire him as well as a yeah. as a next generation uh, founder and and mm. really the yeah visionary founder who is also quite much hands on and detailed. Yeah. So that he has gone through as well learned all the areas. So I don't know from hiring till uh, till marketing till fundraising. Uh, and, and yeah, being really into the strategy as well, understanding the industry very well, all mm -hmm. the KPIs and numbers, so that uh, yeah. so yeah, I have said that we we came to the industry as total outsiders. We didn't know anything about the taxi business before, and and we looking back, it's probably good because all the taxi companies they have one mindset of the fleet management and that logic, but mm -hmm. we came in with totally different mindset of efficiency and quality and earnings mm -hmm. and uh, and expansion so that has given us an opportunity to i don't know in estonia the largest taxi company tulika was about 350 cars when we started so mm -hmm. now we have some 120,000 drivers on the on the platform so that yeah. means that it's a bit bigger than <laughs> uh, than the biggest company we started initially yeah. uh, the competition so so yeah it seems that different mindset so it seems like maybe taxify is successful in some way <laughs> yes uh, in <laughs> some way so. we are but yeah uh, i mean every uh, in eastern europe every taxi company we were talking to or the manager everyone had a dream to become the aggregator of their city doing the central dispatch and trying to get mm. all the companies under them okay. but they didn't know how to f how to figure it out and they were yeah. so much dispatch call center specific so yeah. that they didn't understand the new trend of maybe smartphones coming and then mm. making it much more user friendly kind of convenient. so so yeah i think that gave us the edge so timing was was mm. also maybe good so it's always timing can uh, must be part of the mm. success as well what do you think that in a successful startup because you've been a part of you've been close to a few of them and a part of kind of the inception and the the final days of many startups maybe what are kind of the the core things that you think are really important to a successful 
startup team taking a company to a... To I think at first it's, of course, the quality of the founders. Mm. So that uh, are they good managers and, and capable of, I don't know, building a good vision, understanding mm. the business deeply and uh, then uh, learning a lot and adapting because mm -hmm. we also have we have changed our strategy three times over the four years mm -hmm. so uh, so yeah if you have one idea you start working on that if you understand that's not working or you need to i don't know pivot or or change it a bit so yeah you should do that and on the other hand sometimes making hard decisions uh, mm -hmm. so that even our investors at some point were really scared when we dropped uh, or or let's say the taxi companies decided to depart our platform and everyone uh, was, was thinking it was December 2015 then everyone was saying that well we go bust and the companies mm -hmm. now the taxi companies are left and mm -hmm. you basically have no business yeah but uh, but uh, we kept uh, our vision and then actually it was that the drivers left only the taxi companies mm. actually uh, departed so yeah there have been these kind of difficult times so if you know the vision and you keep going and so yeah sometimes you need to listen to the advice but sometimes you need to know when you are right and then mm. uh, keep pushing your own so 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 yeah i would say that these things so that Mm. Knowing the knowing the business and and uh, strong vision and then of course the execution so that uh, if you have an idea then you just need to execute the best Indeed. as well I think that's that's the key so we had we had the luck to have Oliver as a technical co-founder mm -hmm. so the technology side has always been on a very so, good level yeah. and then uh, <coughs> yeah, Marcus maybe have been pushing the vision and I have been in the middle trying to keep it together so that we have financing and and maybe the legal side in place as well so yeah. so all of these three founders have been mm -hmm. having their own role and then pushing it forward so i like what you said about uh, kind of walking the line between taking maybe taking the advice of other people but really maintaining that it's your vision and your company and you know it better than mm -hmm. anybody else or you should at least mm -hmm. and i think that's really uh, uh, that that is the challenge of course yes yeah. so that when people also startups go to the accelerators you get what some hundred advisors coming in a few weeks and then you listen all these thousand ideas you your head is like full of ideas then you need to actually think that okay <laughs> where do i actually want to go and what's what's useful and what not because often the advisors also haven't actually been doing the stuff they are saying yeah. so that uh, then you need to be critical about that ad advice as well so that mm -hmm. if, if you're on uh, actually the battlefield and you talk to the specific clients mm -hmm. then you should figure out what's what's their need and of course in our case if we would always been listening to the taxi drivers they have totally <laughs> different vision yeah. from us as well they always say that you need to raise the price and mm. and uh, all the other things but if you raise the price then there are significantly less rights happening because it's too expensive for the for the clients so you for us we always need to find a decent balance between the the income of the drivers and mm. the price of the rights because yeah. as a marketplace yeah one thing that uh, comes up a lot when I hear you or other people within the company talk about Taxify is um, this, everybody seems to be aligned as far as what the vision and the difference between Taxify is, especially when it comes to, like like you said, part of the vision is that uh, the drivers, they get the value more than anybody maybe. Mm -hmm. And um, how important has it been to kind of establish and maintain those core values? And how did you decide that 
those things are the things that are going to allow you to uh, differentiate from the giants who have the 200 times as much funding, or, or as you said. I think if we would have got the funding easily, maybe we would also have some different mindset. Yeah. Uh, but as we were the Eastern European company and not growing that fast uh, initial years, then uh, we had the restriction of really little capital. Mm-hmm. And we were even, at some point, we had three, four months uh, funding left. Wow. And, and we needed to uh, decrease the costs like several times. Mm-hmm. in order to even uh, not run into bankruptcy as well. So, uh, so yeah, then we just needed to invent something to be more efficient. So that mm-hmm. uh, luckily the, the business was growing, but not as, as fast as we wanted. So, so we, we saw that revenue was growing, but yeah, they, we just needed to cut costs and, and then expand really efficiently and that's how we invented this kind of remote uh, expansion so hiring people over Skype and actually not flying to those cities that we (laughs) open and all of these kind of things so I think they were just some of the things are coincidence as well so that yeah Mm -hmm. that we just didn't have the money but we had the ambition and wish to grow so some of the things just uh, just happened on the way so you needed to figure out the way which is maybe the best way to uh, to have values that are actually natural and organic to who you are because you're not kind of creating them synthetically or yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you don't have a lot of time so I won't take up too much more maybe I got one more question for you yeah. um, you said Marcus maybe is kind of the the visionary of the of the project but for you what is your personal vision either for for where you see your startup life going or for taxify itself uh, yeah, so we have been discussing the strategy and we see that overall the transport industry is really huge. It's mm. second spending after uh, housing for every family. Mm-hmm. So it's trillions of dollars. And, and if we just see that naturally the industry itself is already mm. in a transition phase so that the apps are taking bigger part. Currently the apps are just, let's say, 2 to 4% of the mm. overall urban transport. So oh, really? okay. yeah, it's about 50-50 split between the public transport and your private cars. Okay. So, so these apps are just few percent overall. Yeah. So, uh, but if you look at media, they get really huge coverage. Yeah. But uh, we see now that this ride sharing at first is getting more and more popular. So it's not taxi driver as a job, but it becomes more everyone becomes a driver. Mm-hmm. So if the regulation gets easy, then everyone can do it when they have time. And that already grows it second is uh, pooling, putting multiple people in the same car, that reduces the cost as well. And people already mm-hmm. start thinking that maybe it's time to take maybe half time my own car, half already the, mm-hmm. the app uh, transport. And then the third option is if the self-driving cars come, then significantly uh, the, uh, this service will become change. much cheaper than your own car. Mm-hmm. So because the car is well u- utilized and all of the network effects of a bigger fleets, so in the end, then uh, and people start valuing their own time as well because currently most people driving they don't value their own time, mm. so you don't use that time very efficiently there. Yeah. So you can easily work the same time. So if you put all these things together, then this two four percent current market share could easily grow to twenty five to forty to I don't know mm. where. Yeah. So so that's why we see that that industry is getting uh, really really interesting and it has con- got record funding, so tens of billions. Mm-hmm. for the top companies so uh, so yeah being here uh, having really sustainable and, and lean cost structure I think gives us a very good mm-hmm. long-term benefit to to be there long time and even without maybe 
raising uh, too much money, but, uh, but raising smartly so we exactly know that if we put in one dollar, we get out like five or ten dollars in value. So, so and, and uh, yeah, having this kind of model, I think it's, it's the vision. So yeah, we're becoming really bigger and bigger part of the whole uh, public transport in the cities so that yeah. people actually ditching their own cars and then switching to public Taxify. public <laughs> transport or the app-based uh, transport. transport. So, so that's the longer term vision Very cool. for, for some yeah, mm. 10, 15 years. And yeah, as we have also said, then most of the internet companies are coming currently from US. So mm-hmm. whatever industry you take, it's Amazon, Facebook, Google, Uber, mm-hmm. then uh, we we just see that playing things smartly, we we could possibly become the largest technology company from Europe. So it's wow. that's that's our also yeah. maybe ten year dream to to the actually largest technology company in Europe in ten years. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it happened. This is where the conception of the ten years came from. Yes, very so, cool. So yeah, that's what we hope that uh, also motivates our employees and and yeah. Yeah. If you want to join that, uh, <laughs> join that revolution or, or uh, rocket, then uh, look at our job site. Yeah. So yeah, what do you want to plug? You want to plug? Uh, get a Taxify job. Come work at Taxify. Yes. So we need all kinds of good talent. Yeah. For different roles. Okay. Well, anything else you want to plug? You want to plug your DJ Twitter handle or anything like that? Um. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> so it's Waldek. But uh, it's probably easier to type than, than spell. It'll be in the description. The link to the job application portal and to your Twitter will be there. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, you okay. taking the time to do the interview. And uh, I think these guys are going to love it. So thank okay. you. Yeah. Thanks. Good luck. <laughs> awesome.